Hello and welcome to Something Interesting. I'm Albert Berg, and to get into today's interesting thing, I'm going to tell you a story about NASA. Now, it's possible that you've already heard this story. It's a relatively popular story. It's made its rounds even before the internet was a thing, but definitely in the age of the internet, it's been copied and pasted and retold many, many times. And this story goes back to the 1960s when the space program was first getting started. It was really finding its feet. The NASA was getting astronauts up into space. They were, they were having some success. They were trailing behind the Russians, but just barely. They had their sights on the moon, and they ran up against a problem. See, if you're going to send people up into space... You want to have some excuse for having them up there. I mean, yes, for sure, it's awesome. We have the propaganda win of having a man up there in a capsule. He's surviving in the vacuum of space. And yes, the Russians did it several months earlier, but we're doing it too now. And we're going to get to the moon first. That's all great. But somewhere some science needs to happen. You need to justify this on some level. And to do science, you need to be able to take records. NASA wants these astronauts to be able to write things down. And that might sound trivial today because we basically have an infinite space to write things down. We have tablets and even going back into most people's very early memories, there were computers that you could type into and have all kinds of records. But in the 60s, that wasn't really an option. In this era, despite the fact that there were some computers, most of the records you were going to take were going to need a physical writing utensil. But if you went into space, your ballpoint pen didn't work that well. Because, as many people are familiar with, space does not have gravity. And your ballpoint pen requires some gravity to pull the ink down and activate it so that it can work on the paper. Well, NASA had to have a solution to this problem. And so, millions of dollars were spent, or at least one million dollars were spent, on solving the problem of a pen that could write in space. And when the R&D lab finally came back with their results. There was a pen. A pen that could write upside down. A pen that could write underwater. And yes, even a pen that could write in space. A million dollars had been spent and there was a pen that could write in space. NASA rejoiced. And the Russians used a pencil. This is the most common telling of this story. And it's great. It's a really fun way to tell the story because you get to dunk on the government and they're overspending. It has this great punchline at the end with the Russians and their pencils. And the only problem with the story is that it's not true. Now, none of the details that I just told you were incorrect. I told you 
a series of true or true-ish facts. There may be some little embellishments that I personally made in there just to make the story kind of flow better, but generally, all of that stuff is actually what happened. But you leave out a lot of details in that telling of the story. And this is why this story is one of my favorite stories, because it's an example of a story that gets told over and over again, and yet so many people don't actually know the story. It becomes a meme. It becomes an easily repeated, obvious punchline. Of course NASA invested all this stupid amount of money, and yet the Russians used the pencil. They had the obvious, elegant solution. Of course all of this happened. That's just how the world works, except that's not in this case how the world works. So let's rewind and tell the story again. We're still in the space race. It's still the 60s. NASA and the Russians still need to be able to write things down in space. All of this table setting is for real. But almost all of these tellings skip over a lot of iteration that goes into this process. For one thing, NASA is not idiots. They know that you can use a pencil in space. They start off by using pencils in space. There are some concerns with using pencils in space, however. The graphene, or graphite, I'm not 100% sure, I don't have that detail in front of me to look at, but whatever the main ingredient of pencil lead is, can be flammable. And when you're up in space, where you need every switch and every toggle to work, and you might have your guys breathing pure oxygen, there's a lot of concerns with having these tiny little shavings of graphene floating around in your cockpit. There's no evidence that I know of that it actually caused a problem, but NASA had some concerns. And if you're using a wooden pencil, well, then you're shaving pieces of that wood off. Maybe it goes into your little pencil sharpener thing. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it ends up floating around your cockpit. That causes some real potential problems that NASA wanted to solve. Now, this is the part in the story where you say, ah, yes, and now we get into the fancy $1 million pen, right? Well, no, because there's an obvious other step that if you were thinking about this story and you didn't have it just in your mind to repeat to yourself because you wanted to get to that cool punchline about the Russians using a pencil, you might have overlooked because NASA went from wooden pencils to mechanical pencils. Mechanical pencils are great for space. Yeah, sure, there might still be some little shavings that come off, but it's way less than a, like a wooden pencil where you're using a mechanical-type sharpener, so the stuff isn't going to go flying around nearly as much. The only problem is the specifications NASA needed these pencils to be built to were non-standard. They didn't just go to Walmart... I don't know if Walmart invented... Walmart was really early in its stages if it existed at this time. But they couldn't just go into their local box store, pick out a random box of mechanical pencils, and give it to the astronauts. They had specific things they needed, to be, they needed them to be able to do. Most importantly, they had to be big enough to be able to be gripped by astronauts wearing big, heavy gloves. So they ordered special order mechanical pencils. And the price that these special orders 
mechanical pencils came out to was around $128 per pencil. Now, in the realm of government overreach and overspending, this is almost laughable. In today's world, the idea that NASA might not want to spend $128 per pencil for custom-made pencils might seem a little bit laughable, but it was a controversy at the time. At the time, this was seen as a huge overreach. Now, granted, yes, there was some inflation. I haven't done the calculations, but even so, let's say these are $1,000 a pencil. I could imagine an argument could be made to me, yes, we need a $1,000 special mechanical pencil for the astronauts to be able to write. It has to be machined from scratch. There's no other way to do it. I, I could, I would hear that argument, and even as a relatively sort of anti-government spending person doesn't don't want the government just wasting our money but i could say you know what that makes some sense but nasa comes under fire for their 128 dollar pencils and so they get real gun shy they say oh uh, we're, we're not gonna actually do that 128 dollar pencil what that was a joke guys not not really gonna do that 108 dollar pencil i guess we gotta Deal with those wood shavings again. Maybe get a grease pencil. Those aren't as good, but I, we can make do with the grease pencil. That's fine. Just let us keep launching rockets into space, please. And so they do. They keep launching rockets into space, and they're using substandard pencils. Suboptimal. Let's not say substandard. I'm sure they were Ticonderoga's finest. If you're using a wooden pencil, buy Ticonderoga. Not sponsored. Those are just the best wooden pencils that I know of. But here comes the next big detail that almost always gets glossed over in the retelling of this story. Because the $1 million that was spent to develop a pencil, pardon me, a pen that would write in space, that is a true part of the story. Everybody who tells this story and wants to get to their and the Russians used a pencil punchline glosses over the fact that NASA was not the agency that spent the money. Nor was it a military outfit of some kind or a big government research project. No, it was private industry, specifically a man named Paul C. Fisher saw that NASA was looking for this specific solution to this specific problem, and he said, you know what? I bet I could solve that problem. And he set up an R&D department that did indeed spend a reported $1 million putting together a special pen that would write in space. And when he was done, he sold it to NASA. Not even a thousand of these things, right? Just a few hundred at a price of about $6 a piece. 1967, Paul C. Fisher sells a few pens to NASA. He spent a million dollars of his own or his company's monies developing these things. And he says to NASA, essentially, yeah, here's, here's some pens. Today, I could go and spend $6 on a pen. 
after all of the inflation that's happened. I, it, it's not that difficult. And so for Paul C. Fisher to essentially be giving this technology away, you might think to yourself, well, wh- why would he do that? Why would anybody spend all that money to develop a pen for NASA to take a few of them up into space and you don't even make a massive profit on it. You don't get one of those huge government price gougy kind of contracts because NASA's not going to do that. They just had one of those contracts with $128 mechanical pencils. Paul C. Fisher sells these things at dirt bottom cheap prices. And the reason that he does this is because now Paul C. Fisher can go to the world and say, hey, you guys want to use the pen the astronauts have? It's only $6. And Paul C. Fisher markets the space pen. And to this day, you can still buy a Fisher brand space pen that works on essentially the same technology that Paul C. Fisher spent a million dollars putting together in the 1960s. And to top it all off, to top the whole story off, I told you it wasn't true, except that it was, but it's not. Because the end of the story is that Paul C. Fisher doesn't stop at selling his space pen to NASA. And he doesn't stop at selling his space pen to hundreds and thousands of eager little engineer wannabes who thinks that everything that went into space was the coolest thing ever, especially in the 1960s. No! Paul C. Fisher sells the Fisher space pen in 1969 to the Soviets for six dollars a pen that's all i have for today i hope that you found this as interesting as i did if you did tell somebody about it spread the word leave a like or a comment or a review wherever it is that you consume this and you're able to do any of those things and i'll see you guys next time with more interesting things take care y'all